The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. There is a long history of a rebellion concerning Israel. And of course, many of us see our nation in parallel to that exceptional country of Israel as being the same. Scripture says the Lord has an indictment against Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways. And require him according to his deeds. The scripture says of Ephraim that he said to himself, Ah, I am rich and I have gained wealth for myself. But all riches can never offset the guilt he has incurred. And so it is. We have judgment against us everywhere. I fight against HHS mandate the forcing of us doing what we're doing, but really when it comes down to it, we have to say, why do we have this? What is the reason for this? Is it what, our, what the scripture says, I am the Lord your God from the land of Egypt, I will again make you dwell in tents? 
we be fortunate enough to even have a tent where we're headed? These are some serious questions that everywhere we see things falling apart, we have to ask, ask, ask ourselves why. Of course, everything's related to money. Everything surrounds money. Our days throughout the day is in its effort, either spending it, consuming it, trying to make it. There was a... My son actually told me of a friend that he has who was wealthy, watched all the elections the night, stayed up all night watching it. The first thing he did, he took all his stock and put it in ammo manufacturers, gun producers. The very morning, as soon as the stock exchange opened, here's what he did. And unbeknownst to him what was going to happen, we had a 300-point crash. I think it was 300 points that, that Wednesday morning. And a lot of people lost a lot of money, except Smith & Wesson, which shot up 4%, which is a big return if you put several million dollars into it, and some other ammo companies. What does that tell you? Are you reading the signs of the times? Why are people in fear? Why do people run when they see what happens toward what they need, they know they might need in the future? But this tells of another system that affects us. And that's God's judgment. Because we have a long history of rebellion in this country. And we've gone like never before without correction. Which gives us a false confidence that, hey, because we're modern, we can manipulate markets. We can suppress this. We can make the dollar do what we want it to do. We can, we can even stop a depression. Don't you think it's strange that on October 29th, the Great Depression of 1929 took place? Something where people immediately wanted to end their lives and did. Something where people lost everything they had built and had. All right, he says, I'll give you signs. And don't you think it's strange that the first time in the Wall Street's history that it was closed for two days, one of those days was October 29th? You think that's coincidental? And that was on a Tuesday. And if I correctly remember, October 29th, 1929 was on a Tuesday. God wants to speak to you through nature, through men, in various other ways. Sign the Holy Virgin Mary, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje, come in to tell the world that it must change its direction. Come in to the, tell the world, January 25th, 1987, that God has a great plan Come and tell, to tell the world that I can do nothing without you, my children. Are we listening? Can we hear her? Or is her voice drowned out because she speaks in a whisper just like God in the cool of the evening? You can hear that. 
But the world can very easily drown it out. That whisper in total silence out in God's creation is mighty more than the mountains and the greatest winds or the greatest storms. But it's so easily drowned out by the activities of the city, the busyness, all those things that's taking place, all the electronics. That's why our lady said, find your own prayer corner, a little corner to pray. We call it a prayer corner here. That's why our lady said, find yourselves a quiet time of the day we can have an encounter with God. Can you imagine that? God wants to speak to us so badly, so yearningly to have our hearts. The lady actually is exposing things. If you find a quiet time of the day, you get up by yourself, you will have an encounter with God. Incredible grace is available now. Great grace is our lady calls them. And she doesn't exaggerate it. She says great, multiplied a million times more than what we define it. We don't have that ability to understand when she says great, how great the meaning is behind that word. And so it is we find ourselves in judgment, in the medical profession, in the economy, in the church, in our work, in our marriages, in our families, in our institutions, our schools, our government. Everything is under judgment. And when God places judgment, when he does an indictment, there's nothing you can do to fix it. Nothing. Only God can. And his solutions aren't complicated. They're very simple, actually. Pray fast and let God act. We've got to let go so that he can. This is called The Coming Age of Austerity and was written by Patrick McCannon just uh, the day of the election. He says, Are the good times really over for good? Asked Merle Haggard in his 1982 lament. Then, the good times weren't over. In fact, they were coming back with the Reagan recovery, the renewal of the American spirit, and the end of a Cold War that had consumed so much of our lives. Yet, whoever wins today, it is hard to be sanguine about the future. The demographic and economic realities do not permit it. Consider, between 1946 and 1964, 79 million babies were born. The largest, best educated, and most successful generation in our history. Bill Clinton and George W. Bush both born in 1946, were in that first class of baby boomers. The problem. Assume that 75 million of these 79 million boomers survive to age 66. This means that from this year through 2030, an average of nearly 4 million boomers will be retiring every year. This translates into some 11,000 boomers becoming eligible for Medicare and Social Security every single day for the next 18 years. Add in immigrants in that same age category, and the fact that baby boomers live longer than the greatest generation 
or silent generation seniors, and you have an immense and unavoidable increasing coming in expenditures for our largest entitlement programs. Benefits will have to be curbed or cut, and payroll taxes will have to rise, especially for Medicare, to make good on our promises to seniors. As for the rest of our federal budget of nearly $4 trillion, we have run four consecutive deficits of over $1 trillion. To bring the budget to balance, freezes would have to be imposed and cuts made in spending for defense and other social programs. From California to Wisconsin to New York, we see the process at work at the state level. Government salaries are frozen, government payrolls are cut, government pensions and programs are scaled back. California and Illinois are on the precipice of default. Cities like Detroit, Birmingham, Stockton, and San Bernardino are already there. As for national defense, how long can we afford to spend more than the 10 other top nations combined? How long can we continue to defend scores of nations half a world away? How many more trillion-dollar wars like Iraq and Afghanistan can we fight on borrowed money? Moreover, the day of the great national enterprises is over. FDR had his New Deal and World War II, LBJ, his Great Society, Obama, his Obamacare. But there is nothing left in the till to do big things. One sees only deficits and debt all the way to the horizon. Europe has arrived at where we are headed. In the south of the old continent, Spain, Italy, and Greece, the new austerity has begun to imperil the social order. In the north, the disposition to be taxed to pay for other nations' social safety nets is disappearing. With government in the U.S. at all levels consuming 40% of gross domestic product and taxes 30%, taxes will have to rise and government spending be controlled or cut. The alternative is to destroy the debt by depreciating the dollars in which it is denominated, for example, by Fed-induced inflation. But you can only rob your creditors once. After that, they never trust you again. There is another social development rarely discussed. The workers who are replacing retiring baby boomers in the labor force are increasingly minorities. Black folks and Hispanics alone account now for 30% of the population and rising rapidly. Yet these two minorities have high school dropout rates of up to 50% in many cities, and many who do graduate have math, reading, and science scores at 7th, 8th, and ninth grade levels. Can their contributions to an advanced economy be as great as were those of baby boomers of the 60s and 70s? whose SAT scores were among the highest we ever recorded? U.S. scores in global competition have been plummeting toward third world levels. Everyone talks about how we're going to raise test scores, but despite record and rising investments in education per student, no one in decades has found a way to do this consistently. Moreover, while boomers were almost all born into families, where mother and father were married and living together, 
Hispanics have a 53% illegitimacy rate. African Americans, a 73% rate. Among the white, poor, and working class, the illegitimacy rate is now 40%, almost twice as high as it was in black America when Pat Monahan wrote his 1965 report on the crisis of the black family. And between the illegitimacy rate and the drug use rate, the dropout rate, crime rate, and incarceration rate, the correlation is absolute. Some of us are often accused of always crying wolf. But it is worth noting that one day the wolf came. Sat scores? You can't raise the SAT scores. It's impossible to raise them. At the same time, minus out the grand way of life. There's a fundamental learning process of common sense, of practicalities, and things that you give a basis, even in the way the, way the, way the, the brain works, that you develop and your ability to learn new things or to advance. By working with your hands, the common life, and we've knocked that out. We've knocked out the trades in that sense that they're secondary. And so it is we have the fallen sat rakes. The SAT scores can't be reached no matter what they do, how many millions of dollars they spend on it. And it's because we've captivated instead of the grand way of life, our basic common life, we're captivated by electronics. Our lady said, Satan wants to divert you through modernism. We can no longer go through our life here and continue this way of life as we've known it and escape judgment. It's not going to happen. So if God casts judgment on our way of life, the way we've lived it, modern man, what happens? A result of that judgment, that result is very simple. It's a correction. That's the purpose of the judgment. Not to crush us, not to destroy us. Oh yeah, many may lose their lives through it. Many may starve to death. Many may freeze to death. Many may wish they were dead and can't. We don't know all those details. But one thing's for certain. If you read the signs of the times, if you look at the history of the long history, rather, of rebellion of Judah, of Israel, of God's people, of His church even, when Christianity began, you see these times when God purifies it. But there's something different for our time. Never have we had the amount of population on earth we have. Never have we had the type of sins. Man knew not the type of sins we have today. And even the most beastly people never imagined marriage to be as it is today. Or mass production abortion. Yes, they've done it. The Incas did it as far as the abortion side. Why is all this? Why is the grand way the one that leads to holiness? doesn't mean there won't be different professions. But we've got to be based in a subsistence living. And we do that, and we stay corrected in that life, for the most part, 
because God ordained it to Adam. By the sweat of your brow you should eat. You can't escape that. You can't. There's no way around it. There's no way to build the cities as they are now. And even in the cities, you can have a grand way of life. But when you minus that out, you can't do this, you can't do that. Everything's concrete and pavement. You're going to have disaster. It's a recipe for that. There's no way around it. There's a recipe for that relating to now economics, which we are, where we find ourselves. So imaginomics is to show you how to get out of that, show you how to step out of it, which is to get out of the city. I'm, I'm telling you, leave it. Do whatever you have to do. And if you question that, go ask some New Yorkers and New Jersey people right now. Would they rather be somewhere else? They only have a few days that to live with this misery. It might go on for a month for some. But this is a grace. We were in the middle of Katrina. We went down there to help, so we were part of it. We saw what happened. But God's, God's allowing these warnings as just a little taste of experiences to make you be thoughtful uh, that I'm stupid for relying on everybody to provide everything for me. They said that Birmingham was, done, was listed as one of the four, pe- four cities, which is only 35 minutes from us, on the, on the verge of the vault. That was given as an example by Buchanan in writing this article Joan just read. But we're only 35 minutes away. It's a whole different world right here where we are. The economy actually is pretty good. Shelby County, where we live, is named one of the top 10 places, or was, I think it still is, in the United States. Huntsville, two hours from now, here, um, is one of the top financial places in the whole country. Not in finance and investments, but in doing, being healthy. Now, yeah, everything's off everywhere. But it's up to the individual. It's up to holiness. That's what makes that. There's a lot of good people here. There's a lot of Protestants here. There's a lot of good people up in Huntsville. I'm sure wherever everything else is, you see the Amish, they're still eating. They're basic common people. They're being provided. Have they got something that we don't know about? Are they on some kind of path that maybe something is connected to that and to God's ability to take care of them? Don't you see the connection? If you don't, you don't have a quiet time where you can encounter God through the day. If you do, you will. Frank, you there? Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson said it. Paper is poverty. It's the ghost of money, and it's not money itself. And so there are many that, that don't understand and say, you know, why get completely out of paper? Why get completely out of stocks? Why do you, you say these things? And this itself is a grace. If, you know, the people, our friends and family understood this, we'd be out of time. We'd have no more time. The Bible says we're sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. So we're living in the greatest time of grace. And I can't think of a better sign of this than the miraculous medal. Our Lady said, the great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan's souls are at stake. And then she said, spread the devotion to carrying of the miraculous medal so more souls may be saved. She also said, I wish for you all to be uh, protected under my mantle. This is the opportunity today. This is where 
we have to go. Every elected official that's raised their hand and swore to defend the Constitution has swore an oath to defend silver as money. That's truth. And when you've went from the 1950s to governments holding 10 billion ounces of silver, dumping them into the market, not to get the best price for it, but to suppress the price, and you go from that to governments having to purchase silver because the people demand it, because particularly in the United States, it's in our Constitution. And every everybody who's sworn an oath to this, everybody who's served uh, in any capacity where they swear an oath to the Constitution, has a moral responsibility to defend this truth. And there's no possibility for liberty or freedom without God's monetary system. So many people are in darkness about why we're saying, you know, get completely out of these things. But we take you back to the last election in 2008, uh, the first show when people were calling you and, and saying, you know, what do I do? I've lost, you know, a third, a half of, uh, you know, my retirement because of the uh, crash of 2008. Silver went in two and a half years from $9 to $50. And I say now is a better opportunity than that. And we've just finished the correction again. And silver, after the elections, tends to go straight up. They've done all they can. It's unsustainable. It's finite. It cannot go down intrinsically against any asset that I can think of. And when you have the miraculous model, which we need conversion more than we need anything else. There's no hope without conversion. This is, it makes it easy to do what we need to do. So there's many spouses out there that are suffering that see this very clearly, mostly wives, but um, some husbands also. And I would ask people, especially husband and wife that are on the same page that have done what, what they need to do and are preparing to pray, to add these uh, people in your prayers because um, they, this is what they should be doing and it will help them help their spouses see what they what they should be doing right now. Well, we saw right before the, at the 2008 crash we, we, when, when I wrote Ain't Gonna Happen started putting this out later uh, we were showing people to get into that and it went up to fifty dollars, which changes a hundred hundred thousand dollars of retirement money if you take it out and put it in that would have gone to five hundred thousand dollars. Take a, a correction that went back from the fifty dollars to say thirty five dollars. That's not got one hundred fifty thousand dollars off. That's at least three hundred fifty thousand dollars from an original hundred thousand dollar investment. But I was talking to someone yesterday who is talking about how they're dumping paper every time the silver starts going up. They're literally dumping papers that flood in the market with selling that to keep the price from going up and dropping it back down. They, they don't want this to go up. But when that crashes and when that's over, $9 silver as opposed to $50 silver, all this is nothing. You're going to go up to even, it could be worth a fortune. It may not be but $50, but that $50 per ounce at that time when a correction happens when everything else falls and deflates, one ounce of silver could buy one acre of land. 
And of course, we don't want to mislead anyone. We the goal is not to buy silver. The goal is to hold your funds into something that is intrinsically has intrinsic value. It can't be taken away. Just like evil with the devil can't be taken away because he's intrinsically evil. Silver is intrinsic, intrinsically valuable because God ordained it to be that way. So it can never not be worth something. And it's always going to be worth something when these falsehoods quit playing with it and things corrected. It's going to be where it's supposed to be corrected in its price. If you want to take the figure we figured up a year or so back, that if you took all the dollars printed, and that's greatly surpassed us now, but two years ago, if you took all the doll- American dollars out there and you and you back go with that, one ounce of gold will will be worth sixty five thousand dollars. I would dare say that could be doubled or tripled now. Silver's the same way, so they don't want this to go up, and they're they're doing it not by selling silver, but by selling paper, saying you own silver. It's just paper, and sooner or later that'll go away. If I had a 401k, I would go to my boss if I had a good relationship. If not, I had a better relationship with the supervisor. I'd go to him and say, listen, I'd like to quit for 30 days because I need my money for my 401k. And if you got a piece of land, don't even go to silver. Buy the land. That's what they have because you can eat from land. You can't eat from silver. It'll give you the means somehow to get there. But it's like getting in the car. You go into the bank for a certain purpose to get something. Or you go in the grocery store to get groceries. Silver can buy the car. At the grocery store and, and buy it at the grocery store, but what you have to is the food. So bypass all that. If you're able to do that, you don't want to go in the silver. You want to go directly into land. That's a that's a serious decision. Evaluations of searching, finding, looking, maybe a year. How long it takes to do that? Build a homestead. But the immediate thing you can do instantly is just what this man did, who saw the election, watched what watched what happened, made a determination when when Wall Street opened up, he's putting all his millions into the gun manufacturers. And before half a day is over, this guy's made no telling how much money. It's just being clever, using God's wisdom to see what doesn't work and what will work. And I'm not saying go play the stock markets. That was a good move by him, of course. But the handwriting's on the wall. Everybody knows we're headed toward insecurity. When you're insecurity, you want protection. What are you going to use for protection? What if roving bands, and we hear it, people are pulling guns on people in New York because law-abiding citizens can't have guns. Only the criminals have that when you pass laws like that, which is ludicrous. And they're pulling pistols on people for a gallon of gasoline. So it's just logic. That what just happened in an election, what people are going to gravitate to, they want security, they want protection. He invested in something he saw. Go to your boss. Figure out some way. Be nice, pray, do an ovina for him. And see if you can quit for 30 days, be rehired back. During that 30 days, you can get your 401k out. You can put it in silver. Don't worry about, you might get taxed off that $100,000, for example, 25%, which means $25,000 has to be paid to taxes. But get it in your mentality. It is not your money. You only have out $100,000 if you've got a 25% tax bracket you only have $75,000 now it don't matter if it says $100,000 that's Uncle Sam's money it is not your money it never will be your money if you take it out 10 years they're going to take it and it's probably more taxes than maybe 35 then use common sense 
The only thing it may cost you is the 10% penalty. Pay it. So $100,000, 25% tax bracket. They get 25, as you say, 75. You pay a 10% penalty, you got $65,000. Give me that at any day of the week and let that sit there and be viewed as what Obama wrote or tried and did implement to some degree. I don't know. We never no, really don't understand it. But they were going to consider all retirement funds out there being used for investments as public funds. You want somebody who espouses a dark ideology to be in charge of your reti- retirement? Because his idea is something else. It goes to somebody else. It belongs to you. You didn't earn it. You've heard that a million times. Although you know you did. So it's just common sense. You need to call Frank. You need to act on this. And better to be secure with half than maybe keep what you have, but only a 10% chance that you were going to keep it and 90% chance you're going to lose it somewhere. Frank, you want to give me your contact information? Yeah, you can contact us uh, toll-free. 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. Our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. And uh, there's a couple other resources online. Um, Chris Dwayne, Silver Bullet, Silver Shield, one of the best articles out there, has some very good information. There wasn't anybody in 2008 when we were saying this, saying, you know, silver's the only thing you want. Gold is really stupid in terms of how other generations will look at, you know, 90 ounces of uh, silver to get for one ounce of gold when we did this in 2008. Now, 50 ounces of silver, it's, it, it doesn't make any sense. But uh, if you want to look these these up, they started uh, saying some of the same things after the book was released. It ain't going to happen. I don't know if they read it or not or if it was just a, a grace because the information was released. But uh, Chris Wayne and Big Square... Um, are also saying some of the same things, uh, even some of the same things that are written in that they fired the first shot 2012. So uh, check those resources out and uh, give us a call. You know, we can help protect what you've worked for and the fruits of your labor. And, of course, our whole goal is to help you. It's disturbing to see decisions that could have been made by people that just don't make them when they procrastinate. And what we always tell you is procrastination does not work in this day and age right now at this moment. You can't put it off to tomorrow. Many people are saying, well, what just happened with this election, we, um, we'll just wait and deal with it when the time comes. What kind of thinking is that? And again, a reminder for those of you listening uh, that uh, tonight's broadcast, a special broadcast tonight at 7 p.m., where a friend of Medjugorje will speak about what happened two days ago where everyone is looking to find a, a take on this. Uh, people are looking for uh, an understanding of what happened in our country and and how to act from this moment forward. And so a friend of Medjugorje is going to be taking that uh, t- topic tonight uh, with Our Lady, with the wisdom of Our Lady's messages. And so you can be sure uh, that uh, you'll get the right, correct information, but also that you could also be rest assured that you'll be getting the wisdom necessary to make the decisions that you'll need to make for the future, uh, for the near future. And so, uh, again, that's 7 p.m. Central Time. And uh, invite all your family and all your friends, even if you have to host a listening uh, party at your house uh, for this. Uh, don't 
let anyone miss the opportunity uh, to miss this one-hour broadcast tonight. So again, 7 p.m. Central Time USA on Medjugorje.com. You can find it on the homepage uh, to listen live. We'll speak to you tonight. You know that we, in the meantime, we are praying for you. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.